Light Up the City is a weekly podcast sponsored by Seattle's Union Gospel Mission that highlights what God is doing through His church in greater Seattle and beyond. Here's your host, Chris and Nathan. And we're back, Light Up the City Radio. It's Nathan and Chris. Yep, good to see you, Nathan. And good to see you. Hey, Nathan. Yeah. We've done this a couple times now where we've okay. had somebody come back on the show. Yes. And, and uh, we have a returning guest with us. And what that really means is that the first time went well. Oh, yeah, went you really know? well. Hooray, I'm so glad <laughs> yes. to find out that yes. you feel like that went yes. well. Yes. Thank yes. you. So we're here with Mike Johnson from Tacoma Rescue Mission. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, welcome to, back to the, the radio show. It's great to be here, Chris. Thanks. Yeah, we should probably thank Seattle's Union Gospel Mission and yes. uh, AM 820 The Word, the Word for sponsoring this radio show. Yes. And Mike, on the Light of the City radio show, our, our job, our purpose is how do we tell the good stories that are happening in our community? How do we, how do we share... Like God is moving, things are happening. There is good news in our city. Uh, we have a we have a bad news industry that is kind of constantly pumping to us. You know, the worst storm in in world history is coming tomorrow night. Uh, this terrible thing happened here. Here's this superintendent who failed here. Here's a teacher who failed there. And we we want to say, yeah. And here's some really good things that are happening in our city too. We believe that you know the gospel of meaning good news that that being following Jesus being part of uh, the family of God is is kind of by nature being someone armed with good news right mm-hmm. like being people who have something uh, hopeful to share to the world and so we try to do that and Mike uh, your work with um, Seattle's Union Gospel Mission years ago which is how we know one another and now your work at Tacoma Rescue Mission uh, it's it's filled with a lot of hardship, and if we wanted to talk about all the hard stuff, we could, and and maybe should mention some of that. But there's also just a lot of good things happening. There's there's a lot of great yep. great things happening, and so um, we Christ- want to take some time today and share some of that. Well, Christians can forget, I think, Chris, that yeah. that everything's on our side. You know, like, right. like it's it, you know we we look around. You're right. I mean, there's sort of a good a bad news industry, yeah. um, but there's also just the the fact of human brokenness. I mean, we're yeah. we're still a bunch of sinners that need to be saved, and and so we can look around and see you know all of this difficulty, and and it's real. Um, but at, we at the Tacoma Rescue Mission, you know, at our men's shelter, for example, you know, every day we're going to bring in 125 or 150 men off the streets that are going to spend the night, and and they're in various states of disarray. Some of them are really putting their lives back together, and some of them are are really you know sort of stumbling in. And um, well, it's not uncommon every now and then to have somebody pass away, you know, yeah, and. Sure. Uh, um, and so it, it it's tough, and you can look at that, and you can say, "Ooh, ooh, that's really hard." And, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm sure that everybody sees, you know, the people with the sign or the tent, and and they wonder, you know, is this a solvable problem? And they can forget that everything is moving towards the great and final culmination of God in Jesus Christ. That right. history is moving towards God in Christ. Uh, that that it is not uh, the case. That it's all just sort of coming off, you know, uh, and and on fire and stuff. What's actually happening is that we we're seeing um, people getting their lives back together, people coming back to God, keep people getting back to their families, uh, right. all the time, and yeah. uh, and and so it really is. There's a lot of good news. Yeah, exactly. And I and I think you know when people see you know the man flying the sign on the corner that says you know need need to get back to Las Vegas or whatever his his sign says, or, or ninjas killed my father and I need a hundred dollars or, you know, there's some creative signs out there. 
uh, and some creative people. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, but if you're um, going to survive on the street, you yeah. got to get creative. You got you got to get creative. Um, but maybe Mike, this is a great this is a great starting place for our conversation today. When, um, as someone who's worked in the in the field of homelessness now for how long have you been working in this field, Mike? Oh, about a decade. About a decade. Um, when what 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 advice would you give folks uh, when they see that guy on the corner, right? Like when they see yeah, that's great. Uh, somebody who's asking for some help, looking for you know a handout or whatever, however you want to describe that situation. When someone's coming to ask you for help. How would you suggest people respond? How do well, you help someone like yeah, that? Yeah, well, I, I don't give out money on the street. Okay. Um, but what I try to do is spend time, right? So, you know, in some ways, money is a really lame substitute for time. Right. Uh, and I mean, you can, our, our family lore, you know, is full of examples of the the dad who doesn't necessarily spend time with his kids, but, you know, will spend money on them instead, mm, right. as if that is somehow going to fix things. And right. and uh, and it doesn't, right? And, and the, that's true with homelessness as well. And what what somebody really needs is, is for you to roll down the window and say, where are you from? Hmm. Right. Uh, and that, that's the question I usually start with out on the street is where are you from? Mm-hmm. Um, because rather than what's your name. Uh, so, uh, names are identifiers and uh, a lot of people on the street don't necessarily want to be identified. They're not sure who you are. You know, are you an undercover cop or you, you know, something like that. And, oh, yeah. but, uh, Hey, you know, where are you from while you're sitting talking waiting for the light to change and, uh, and actually treat someone like a, like a neighbor. You know, yeah. the street is very dehumanizing, um, mm-hmm. but but hearing each other's stories is very rehumanizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'll, and then I'll usually wrap up with you know like what what kind of help do you need? Uh, and I, it's pretty normal for somebody to say, well, I, I need some money for this that, and I say, well, I, you know, I don't give out money on the street, but uh, but if is there something else that I can do for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're often the case. I mean, like I've bought, I've brought people back an umbrella. I've brought people back, you know, back all kinds of stuff. I've given people rides someplace. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, you may or may not feel comfortable doing that, but, um, you know, I'm a little bit unique in that way. This is, this is my field. Uh, sure, sure. But, um, the point is, is to interact with people as humans and, and not to think that money is actually the solution, but relationship is actually the solution. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Mike, I shared this story with you years ago, but when I, I met a, a homeless guy in, in Ballard who thought I was homeless. So we had this interesting right. conversation. He was giving me all these tips. Well, the, of, the listeners can't see your beard. It, it yeah, is pretty have, impressive. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, this, thank you for that. Um, but it was it was a fascinating thing because he was showing me where I could panhandle. This restaurant will let you use restroom. Don't talk to those guys. They'll call the police on you. He was giving me this lay of the land, and then he ended his conversation with he said no matter what you do say god bless you to each person because you never know what they're going through you know this was his advice to me and uh and always smile at people and he said some people won't be nice to you but don't worry you, you don't know what they're going through and it was so fascinating to hear uh to hear him say hey we have an ability to help the people who walk by and and th- but then he did say this he said the hardest thing that you can encounter out here is when someone pretends that you just don't exist Mm. You know, when someone just pretends that you aren't there, you know, and uh, and so this idea of rehumanizing, I like that language a lot. Uh, what man, what a valuable tool that anybody can offer. Right. Just by treating someone like you said, just like a normal neighbor. How do you walk with this guy? We're going to continue talking about this uh, with Mike Johnson from Tacoma Rescue Mission right after the short break. 
Light Up the City Radio. It's Chris and Nathan. We've got our guest back for the second time, our second show. We got Mike Johnson of Tacoma Rescue Mission. Thanks. Thanks for being with us, Mike. Appreciate yeah, glad it. to be here. Nice to have you here, Mike. Um, Mike, we wanted to chat with you more on this uh, this idea of what does it mean to love your neighbor? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. what does it mean to uh, pull people into this? You know, this giant glacier that is history that is moving towards, you know, God's writing of all things, you know, like this culmination in the person of Jesus. Um, But in in the here and now, we have folks who've gone through a lot of brokenness. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people. You're one of those people. And some people have gone through a lot of brokenness. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about um, how that affects the folks that you're working with and uh, specifically the ACE score, if you could share a little bit about... Uh, about that in in terms of working with the homeless community well so uh, absolutely uh, you you referenced matthew twenty seven uh, verse thirty nine the you know the, when Jesus says that the second commandment is like the first that we should love your neighbor as yourself yeah and I, I just think it's I, and I, I want to bring that up because I think it's really important that there's embedded in that is not that you should love your neighbor right but that you should love your neighbor as yourself mm-hmm. and so there's this intrinsic relationship in the commandment that that there is there's a you and then there's a your neighbor and then there there needs to be this love that's happening that is that somehow reciprocal or mutual or equivalent you know you're loving your neighbor as yourself and mm. so when you get to that yeah. it, it, yeah. as a way to yeah. sort of get into this what happens when uh when when kids aren't loved well in fact what happens when kids are really abused and abandoned and neglected and um the 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 parts of our brains that where we attach, uh, where we feel love or hate or fear or longing, um, is also the part of our brains where our survival mechanisms are stored. You know, your fight, flight, or freeze mechanism, because attachment is a survival function. Right. Uh, and so when those things get pitted against each other, um, kid, kids uh, get really unhealthy. And mm-hmm. they tend to do poorly in school, a whole bunch of other things. Uh, the Centers for Disease Control came out with a bunch of research about about 10 years ago that showed that uh, people who did not have any of these specific 10 bad things uh, mm-hmm. in the list, you know, in their research, those people become homeless at a rate of 1.3% ever. You know, they have this, mm. uh, so uh, they have an ACE score of zero. ACE stands for Adverse Childhood Experience. So they had none of these 10 issues. None of those 10 things. Yeah. They become homeless at a rate of 1.3%. Like like 99% of them will never become homeless. Yeah. And and they're, they're, they're poor, you know, some of them are poor and some, right. you know, some don't have any hardship. Even, and, exactly. Yeah. You know, but, but they're not necessarily going to become homeless um, because it, there's a, a relationality that is healthy uh, and, you know, their family is fairly healthy. Uh, and so I, I don't, I love to tell people the story of Quan Bui. Quan is the branch manager for UBS Financial in Tacoma. Okay. Uh, he came to the United States as a five-year-old refugee from Vietnam in 1975. Wow. Uh, his family was one of the last uh, people out of Saigon because it, they were community leaders there. Uh, got to Tacoma as nobodies at a time in our, in our nation's history where people were very anti-Vietnam and anti-Vietnamese right. people. Right. Uh, they were subjected to a lot of racism and, uh, and bad treatment. Um, this former community leader had basically had to start his own business because no one would hire him. Uh, so, so his da- so Quan's dad started this after-hours office cleaning business, and the mm-hmm. whole family would go in and vacuum and take out the trash, and you know, and uh, and this is sort of what they you know were subjected to. Basically, Quan's the branch manager for UBS Financial. His four siblings are all doctors, and his, he says, "My dad doesn't know really understand what I do, but he knows I don't ask him for money anymore." So he's all good. So that's a good thing. You yeah. know, <laughs> but but no, but notice this. I mean, like the yeah. family was. Tired 
tight. They were there for each other. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and yet they came to this country with nothing with and experienced racism. It was just terrible, right? Yeah. And so all, all these bad, the system was bad to them. And yet they they overcame. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah. And whereas uh, kids that score in this sort of the high range, which is four out of 10, uh, you know, and above these 10 things, they, they become homeless at, at 11 times more often than, than people that didn't have any of those things, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and at seven, that's the sort of the severe range, seven out of 10, those folks become homeless at a rate 27 times higher than people yeah. with a zero score. Uh, 27 times more likely to become homeless. And that's at seven. Mm-hmm. And this thing goes all the way to 10. You know, I've climbed Mount Rainier with somebody with a score of 10 when it, when he was uh, 10 years old, the apartment manager came to him and said, hey, your single mom hasn't paid rent in 90 days, and I'm going to evict your family unless you come and visit me once a week. Right. And he voluntarily submitted himself to sexual abuse for, for five years, mm. keeping his family yeah. housed. Right. Uh, started drinking when he was 12, smoking pot at 13, pills at 14, heroin at 15, dropped out of high school, ran away. Mm-hmm. And the, the kind of stuff that, that our folks have had to endure is just horrific yeah. because they've not been loved. Like the way this commandment, you know, told Jesus told people to love, and and yet when we do love people, right? Not not in some linear way, like hey, love your neighbor, be nice to your neighbor, mm-hmm. but love your neighbor as yourself, you know. So they're in this reciprocal love relationship with people in brokenness. They're finally learning what love was supposed to be like, what every kid needed, mm-hmm. and as they're finally getting what God designed them to need in the first place. Then, then they're finally sort of taking these steps of development and growth, and uh, and that that's why Jesus didn't just shout commandments to us from the sky. He, he came down and loved his disciples for three years, and then he said, "Now this is my commandment: love each other as I have loved you." After they, we that. have to be shown how to do this. It, yeah. We have to have this stuff modeled for us, and if we don't, uh, whatever sickness is modeled for us will will become a part of what makes us us, and we'll go out and and be far more likely to to repeat that stuff instead. Mm. Yeah. So it's this idea, this these formative things, right? These formations that happen at a, at an early childhood stage have bear fruit, right? Later. And, but, but we can, Jesus talked about fruit, you know, a yeah. lot in the kingdom, you know, that everything bears fruit. It's good fruit. It's bad fruit. Um, you know, but, yeah. uh, yeah, but there's consequences to all this stuff and, uh, our sin has consequences, but our love has consequences too. Right. Yeah. So as we engage, you know, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Anyone, you know, apart from me, you can do nothing. Um, and this idea that as we abide in Christ, we start bearing a different a different kind of fruit, right? I mean, we start bearing that fruit, and and that language of abiding, right? This idea of being with, like being with Christ, will produce a different kind of fruit. So, in other words, being formed by, walking with, seeing a different model of how to love, seeing a different model of what it looks like uh, to love your neighbor as yourself, a, a different way. Will will bear a different fruit. Well, and Jesus said, you know, he came to hang out with the broken. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, so I'm so privileged at the rescue mission in Tacoma, uh, you know, to go hang out with the broken because I meet Jesus there all the time, and and it lets me yeah. abide in Christ, and and His fruit is born in me uh, more because I get to hang out with broken people because uh, Jesus was there waiting for me to show up. Yeah, that's that's an amazing thing. So check out uh, trm.org. You can go check out what Mike's doing down in, in Tacoma. And we're going to keep talking with Mike right after this short break.
And we're back. It's Light Up the City Radio. We're here with our friend. I'm not going to say, I almost said special guest, but I, I always say special guest. But this yeah. is our friend. Our special friend. Our special Aww. friend. Mike Johnson <laughs> from Tacoma Rescue Mission. Uh, Mike, I just wanted to say one thing quickly. Uh, we were talking in the last section about um, the ACES score, um, the Adverse Childhood Experiences score. And you mentioned that there are 10 questions. Um, right. Folks, the higher that they get, um, the more likely they are to be homeless. What are just a couple of these questions? I mean, are these like really difficult questions? What what, what are some of these things? Well, so the, the 10 things that the ACE screener looks for is, is physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical neglect, emotional neglect, witnessing domestic violence against mom, parental separation or divorce, substance abuse in the home, mental illness in the home, or an incarcerated immediate family member. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so screening for those 10 things is, is actually a very effective predictor for adult homelessness, IV drug use, and a whole bunch of other physical health problems as well. Right. And so uh, I just have a question, too. If these folks do experience a lot of these things and they do go into homelessness, I imagine that they're hardwired for flight or, you know, differently. And that's why they're experiencing homelessness, because they can't have these relational um, uh, you know, they can't be in relationship. They've experienced a lot of pain. I imagine there's a hardwiring change that's happened in their brains. Can that be undone? Rewired? Can that be rewired? Sure. So the the nature uh so the nature of survival memories and attachment memories is they don't fade with time, and and that's on purpose, uh, because you want your attachments to be durable, and you want the survival lessons to be with you, so that if you're ever in that situation again, you mm-hmm. you know how to get away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also means that these traumatic memories they mm-hmm. they tend not to fade with time either, um, because they're stored in a part of the brain that that doesn't do that. Uh, mm. But you'll notice that other memories do fade with time, right? Like, yes. like there's things that you wish you could remember, you know, like things you learned in school or mm-hmm. whatever. And, and you are oh, right. some, that's because they're stored in a different part of the brain. Uh, and so what happens for people is as they get the opportunity to process those traumatic events in a loving and safe environment with, with someone who, who knows what to do, because you can re-injure people too, mm-hmm. you know, but um, the, the, the brain says, says, ah, okay, I'm no longer unsafe. Now I'm safe, mm. right? And and I don't need this one, this survival memory anymore. I can move it out of that spot into the part of my brain where just fact-based memories, where history mm. is stored, and that into the memories that do fade with time. Mm. And and then the pain of that stuff really does start to fade, and even the memories of some of it start to fade. Yeah. Uh, your, your brain will migrate that memory over mm. to this other area uh, if you get a chance to process that in a loving and safe and supportive environment environment yeah i know that safety is kind of a primary concern at, you know in any of these ministries i know at tacoma rescue mission or seattle's union gospel mission it's like without that safety piece you really can't do anything in terms of building relationships and and moving forward uh, is mike is but when you start talking about the brain i mean the homeless community has brains but so do the rest of us i mean this is god's design right right like, this is uh, so how, tell me a little bit, how is it that the way we relate to each other, I mean, this this affects everything, right? I mean, this is every single thing we do is forming, <laughs> informing and forming who we are, right? Well, we I, I would say we really are 
our our relationships yeah. and and how we are in those relationships. Uh, you know, we're constantly becoming ourselves, and that that process doesn't end until we're till we're finally with God, and then we'll really become the selves that we we we're trying to get to become the whole time. And and that even that becoming right will occur because of a relationship because we're finally right. with God, right? And so we're always becoming ourselves with others. Sometimes uh, it, it's without others, right? So sometimes it's the absence of a dad that is the most powerful thing in a room in, in some families. Uh, I've, I've had friends that literally never met their father, mm-hmm. like never met him. But that doesn't mean they don't have a relationship. It's in that absence of that relationship right. with that father is, is, is shaping as the presence of a bad dad or the presence of a good dad. Right. Uh, so yeah, we're wired for relationship because we're made in the image of a Trinitarian God who lives in eternal relationship with him, himself. And so at the rescue mission in Tacoma, we say that the solution for bad relating is good relating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we try to weave relationship into everything that we do. Um, we, we've we noticed, for example, that um, when men and women are graduating from our recovery programs and then we're helping them get into the workforce, there's this sense of loss of relationship there. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, and now I'm going to have to go relate to a bunch of people I don't necessarily know. Right. And, and there's still sort of work to be done in, mm-hmm. in some ways as well. And so we, we're actually starting our own businesses. We start, we, we've got a team together. We'll be launching a bunch of small businesses that will employ our folks, mm-hmm. not necessarily because they need they can't get a job somewhere else, though that is true in some cases, but mostly so that we can control the relational environment of the business. And yeah. we can tur- and then we can have Christian business folks who whose gift is making a business work. And, mm-hmm. and they don't know how to use that in the kingdom of God, but now they can use it in the kingdom of God. They can use it to make this business work. And mm-hmm. now they're walking alongside people that have never been treated well by a person in authority they've never had Mm -hmm. a a boss Mm -hmm. you know love them yeah uh in the name of jesus and 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 that it's just and it continues the transformation and the becoming Uh, we're always becoming ourselves in relationship with others and the quality of those relationships um, are a part of how we become quality people and when jesus is in the middle of them that's the highest quality right Mm. Uh, right yeah, it's 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 the highest quality because it is the goal. I mean, it's Jesus's ability to, like you talked about, the Trinitarian, you know, nature, the nature of the Trinity, and that that love shared between the three persons of of the Trinity is what we're being welcomed into when we abide in Christ, and and therefore what we have to offer. We've been, um, uh, I've just been thinking a lot about this idea of uh, you, you can't offer what you don't have, right? right. Like you can't. If someone asks you for a quarter and you don't have one, <laughs> you can't help. And so in the same way, our ability to love somebody else, you can't offer what you don't have. Well, and and honestly, we could offer people a whole lot of what we do have. I mean, you're working in Seattle yeah. and King County, which has a lot of resources. Yeah. Uh, and the fact is, is that for the most part, at least in this country, uh, the problems aren't a lack of resources. The problems right. are, are a lack of love. Uh, and, yeah. uh, and, and we, you know, we just don't love each other. We don't even know each other. You know, white Americans and black Americans don't know each other, right. love each other. And, uh, you know, and if we knew each other and loved each other, would we make different resource decisions? Probably, right? Yeah, sure. Um, but sure. the resources without the love, 
you know, that's that's never going to help people become who we need and are destined to become. Uh, but the love then can drive the resources, and right. so uh, so really, it's all about it's all about loving people and learning that that really is the center of the kingdom of God. That's beautiful. Well, Mike, thanks for joining us. Uh, you guys, we're going to keep talking with Mike over at lightupthecity.org and talk about this this idea of of loving. So, thanks, Mike, for joining us this week. And we're back. It's the podcast section. Remember how this works, Mike? I do. You remember how this works? I do because we. I'm with you every time. Nathan. Yeah, yeah. That's. I'm sorry. This, this is rhetorical. Where we, this is where we get to keep talking. Yes, we get to keep talking for the podcast <laughs> yes. listeners. And we had a confessional last time. I don't even know if you remember that, but uh, I don't. I don't have another confessional this time. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mike. Maybe Mike has something. He'd Did, like to is confess. there something you'd like to confess, Mike? Maybe the way you've wronged me or Nathan. Or... <laughs> well, I, I. <laughs> I will confess that, that there was a time where, where Nathan and Chris and I uh, were really into blow darts. And, oh, man. Uh, oh, man. Oh, and man. we had an office. We shared an office for a little while. And, and Chris true. took this howler monkey doll that um, yeah. if you if you threw it it would somehow sense it would sense you know that it had gotten thrown and, and so it would scream wah, wah, yeah, a lot a like, lot like that. that. And uh, and. <laughs> And Chris actually took it and, and, and strung it up, and then and Nathan and I were shooting the blow darts at the monkey, yeah. and um, and it was um, not necessarily uh, politically correct. Uh, and, but the the <laughs> best the best one was when Nathan, when Nathan sunk this blow dart right into the middle of the monkey's chest, and it triggered the scream. Right, so it was like whack right in the middle of his chest, and it went. Wah! It's yeah. as if the thing it was alive and oh my gosh i fell over sideways howling myself yeah. in, in laughter and so yes we yes. we have uh we've not always been good boys that's right yeah but that but that's part that's i mean i don't know if we can build a bridge with this yeah. but yeah. i but but that's how you build relationships that is how not you necessarily by shooting well done. monkeys with well blow darts but when we talk about this idea of pulling people back into the purpose of our existence. Way to pull us back into the yeah. purpose of this podcast, Chris. Yeah. yeah, thanks. No problem. Well, that's why they pay me the big bucks, that's, Mike. That's um, why he's the talent. The, t- uh. the talent. Um, well, but, but, but you're right. We have been talking mm. about the purpose of humanity, and the purpose of humanity is to love God and mm. to be loved by God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. So mm. when Jesus right. was asked, what is the thing right. that, you, that, that people yeah. need to hear from God more than any other, God's greatest commandment, the most important instruction that God has ever given to humans. And the answer was not serve God. Right. The answer was not obey God. The answer right. was love God. Yeah. And, and, he, and then Jesus said, and the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. We're, we're made in the image of a loving God and we're made to love and to be loved. And and this is the purpose of humanity. And when that when a whole bunch of trauma and abuse and, and bad stuff gets in the way of that, other people sin, then we start sinning too, mm-hmm. and, and I, I, Chris and I, you, you, you and I have talked about this. That in a way, you could say that that sin is uh, a breaking of relationship. It's right. it's not necessarily a breaking of a rule. 
Mm. Right. It's a breaking yeah. of a relationship. I mean, there, there's a rule there that says don't cheat on your wife. But the reason is not because it could have just as easily said don't wear red on Tuesdays. Mm. Uh, right. You know, and God sort of pulled the the rule, you it's, know, out of yeah. out of a bowl. And that that scrap of paper in heaven happened to have don't cheat on your wife written on it. And so that one became the thing. You know, right. the reason there's a rule there is because it would be a hideously unloving thing to do. It would be a very right. anti-relational thing to do mm-hmm. to cheat on my wife. And, you know, and so sin is a breaking of the relationship. And there's a relationship I have with myself when I do things yeah. to myself or with myself that are not what God meant for me to do with my, you know, it, it, with my life. Uh, then I'm sinning against myself, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm breaking that relationship with myself. And so there's a way you could say that every relation, every sin is a breaking of relationship. Uh, it's so there's not a a future punishment associated with it. There's mm-hmm. an immediate consequence. That's why God said, the moment you eat from that tree. You'll die. Yeah, our relationship will die. Mm-hmm. You know, our relationship will change. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will break that relationship, and uh, yeah, uh, you know. And so, um, well, and Paul talks about this when he talks about sin being a seed that leads to death. I mean, he he doesn't say sin is something wrong that you should probably say sorry for. He he actually says it leads to death. And that's heavy. That's heavy language. It's much different than you know getting something wrong on a test or or you know breaking not wearing a red hat on Tuesday or whatever the other you know rule is it's like this is actually going to cause death but walking rightly that that seed leads to life right like righteousness actually leads to life it, it brings it bears it bears that kind of fruit that that creates love and that's life you know and and so Paul talks about those two things not in terms of right and wrong but in terms of life and death i think that's a significant language to to grapple with well and, and something i think that the church at this time really could benefit from grappling with you know that um we've had this tendency to approach christianity and and even some of our current social questions you know of the day uh from a point of view of is this allowed or is this not allowed mm, sure uh, one of my favorite theologians is is a, a re- now retired anglican uh nt writer tom Wright, and and he says you know rather than talking about whether uh homosexuality is allowed or not allowed what we should be talking about is what is god wanting what is god trying to do with people uh, and right. how does this, you know, fit into that? And and uh, and I think sometimes it's really difficult for us to have effective conversations uh, about. But it's also difficult for us to just um, really live our faith well, um, mm. because we we can have this tendency to turn Christianity into sort of the the next set of rules. Yeah, uh, right. And there and there are rules, but but because of love, right? Not right. in the absence of love. The rules without love. Um, they just become instruments of oppression and, and tyranny, and they don't lead us closer to God at mm. all. Uh, and I, I want so I just sometimes I wonder if church membership is on the decline in part because we've made it uh, so much about uh, doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but if if churches were really really great at loving people, my bet is their membership wouldn't be on the decline. No, I wouldn't think so at all. I mean. Uh-huh. Isn't that, I mean, people want, uh, my friend uh, Tim Sorens, he says, movements happen when people find out they belong somewhere. Yeah. You know, this idea that, oh, wow, I, I, these people care about me. Like, I could I could come back here, you know? <laughs> I could mm. come be around these people. These people want to be around me. These people, uh, and, and so that idea of when Jesus embeds the task of his, you know, when Jesus gives us this mission, the mission of God, which is redeeming all people to himself, his vehicle on earth was through the church. I mean, he he said, 
okay, disciples, you know, I've shown you what to do. Now you go do it. And it's because all of it has this incarnational relational nature to it, which says this isn't a set of rules. If it was a set of rules, Jesus could have written those down. This is the final set of rules, you know. Right. And and uh, let's let's set those down and, and make them very clear. And the end, like, let's just follow those rules. But he doesn't do that. He he walks with us. He he shows us a different way of being that that actually ties us back into our purpose. You know, he's our creator. So he knows our purpose. He knows why he made us and how he made us. And um, and so he pulls us back into that mm-hmm. by walking with us. In, well, relationship. You know, in, in the Bible, mountains are where people go to meet with God, because yeah. on a mountain is this place where you have climbed as close to heaven as you can in your human effort mm-hmm. and still found yourself not there. Right. And, you know, and, and then God says, now you're ready to meet with me. Uh, right. and, you know, and I think that rules are a lot like that mountain, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're all the things that we do to try to get ourselves up to God. And in the end, we find we're still not there. Yeah. Uh, and he says, now you're ready to meet with me. Uh, yeah. Now that you know that no amount of rule keeping uh, can can get you up the ladder into heaven, it just it's like a mountain. Eventually, you just run out of ground to climb, and you're still not there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that is the the foundation of every effective relationship with God uh, is is the understanding that we can't get there ourselves. Uh, and so we yeah. do we do need guidance. We do need God to tell us how to do stuff, but not because that's how we're going to get to God, uh, but because it's how we're finally going to live and not die. With God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, Mike, uh, very grateful for your time. We we um, I've been formed in my relationship with you, which is kind of a fun thing to oh, say. And right? vice like, versa. Like yeah. our friendship has been formative to me. And I think that's the nature. That's the mark of a good relationship. Right. And so mm-hmm. thank you for that. And uh, we'll have you on a third time, maybe yeah. someday. I think it's. I think we got <laughs> more to talk about. Well, let's not. We want. We're not committing. To yeah, we're not committing here, to anything Mike, here. But but, uh, uh, but anyways, Mike, we thank you so much yeah, for thanks, being Mike. on here. Check out trm.org, uh, Mike. We're grateful for your leadership at the Tacoma Rescue Mission, and we wish you the best. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Nathan. You bet.